I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, Tim. I hope everyone's doing good tonight. I appreciate you guys all being here. Like I always say, I hope none of you are forced to be here. You're here because you want to be here. And uh, it is a pleasure to be able to speak with you. Tonight, I'm just going to be real. I'm just some dude who's passionate about some things, who's not afraid to speak from his heart, even if some people don't like it or whatever. I'm not here um, to be perfect. I'm here to share about my life, and I'm here to share about Christ in my life. Now, before I do that, um, I'm just going to pray. Is that cool? All right, Lord, your grace, your glory tonight. Father, would this be about you and not me? Would people fall in love with you? And it's not about how good I sound or, or anything like that. Father, it's about your Holy Spirit working. And it's about people being impacted. It's not about putting on a show. Uh, you know, it's about making a difference. And so tonight, Father, we invite you and let my words be your words. And would you open up the heart of every single person in here. And would we, would we truly be world changers within this room through your grace and your strength? Amen. All right, so we're getting late. It's 825. I don't want to keep you guys too late. It is my, it's past my son's birthday. He's up there on the, he's up there on the balcony. Hi, buddy. What up? Did I say birthday? I mean, uh, bedtime. Bedtime. He was supposed to go to bed like two hours ago. What up, little man? Um, he's one. I love him. Oh, he's so cool. His, uh, my, my wife is pretty awesome too. So, um, she did all the hard work in that one. So my name is Stuart. I'm here to share with you tonight. We're on a theme about destinations. And I struggle tonight because what I'm going to talk about tonight is about obstacles. And for those of you who know my story, those of you who talked with me before, I've, I've dealt with some obstacles in my life. And I struggle tonight because I'm like, God, how do I speak? What am I going to say tonight? Because there's a couple things. I've been stressed out lately. This last week has been really tough on me. I've been sick. My son's been sick. I've been stressed out at work. There's been a lot of stuff going on. And so I'm stressed, and I'm sitting here praying, and I'm saying, God, what do I speak about? And I started to think about how big this topic is and how we can talk about this topic for hours and hours and hours. And the reality is this obstacles is a huge part of all of our lives. And there are so much more brilliant people who have talked about this. There are thousands of books on obstacles. I mean, you look at everyone, every successful person has a quote or has a story on obstacles. And it goes something like this. Obstacles are bad. you got to get over them. And if you get over them, you're good. Okay? Should I go home now? Is, am I done? You know? That's, that's life-changing stuff. But, and I'm sitting here, I'm like, God, what am I going to share with these people? And what God always, always brings me back to is, is the reality that all I can share is my story. All I can tell you is a little bit about what I've learned when it comes to obstacles. And even though my journey is unique... Okay, I'm just a guy, I've been through some stuff, some drug abuse, I've been homeless, I've been through crazy stuff with my parents, I've been through all of it. And, and even though my story is unique, what we all have in common is we've all been through obstacles. Just because my story isn't your story and your story isn't my story doesn't mean that we can't relate because every single person in this room has tried to figure out at some time, how do I get over this obstacle? How, what choice do I make? Am I on the right path? We've all done it. And so tonight, I want to talk a little bit about that. You know what my prayer is tonight? My prayer is that I don't just say some good words and you feel happy about your life and you leave here. My prayer is that every single person, whether you're listening online or whether you're in this room, that at the end of this message, you have a weight lifted off your shoulder. And that you realize that the obstacles you are facing aren't really as big and scary as you think they are. 
And I'm not saying that they're not, you know, people in this room are going through some stuff. I know that. I'm not trying to downplay what you're going through. But what I'm trying to say is that God is so much bigger than our obstacles. Amen? And we're going to talk about that in detail. And I always say this, you can always bring my sermons down to one sentence, and I can walk away. And today's sentence is this, our God has overcome all obstacles, and because of that, so can we. And, and, and so we're not done, though, all right? We got a bit more, about 25 pages of this stuff. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Man, life can be hard. My, my thing today is I don't want to depress you. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get people down in blue. But can I tell you, man, we got to talk about the real stuff in life. We, church isn't here just so we can talk about all the fluff and, and how perfect everything is because life isn't perfect. God is perfect, but life isn't. And so sometimes we got to talk about some of these hard things. And you know what? Obstacles are a crazy concept because what's an obstacle to you isn't an obstacle to me. And vice versa. It's crazy. A lot of people will look at their friends and their friends will talk about, man, I've been dealing with this thing lately. I've been stressed out. I can't seem to overcome this thing. And you kind of look at them and you're like, I don't get that. Like, why? What's your problem with that? Like, just get it over it, buddy. But it's because we haven't lived in your shoes. We haven't been through what you've been through. And for those of you who know me, I am not shy about talking about my obstacles. One of the biggest, I would say the biggest obstacle in my entire life has been mental illness. I have suffered from mental illness my entire adult life and most of my adolescent life. And I'm not talking about mental illness that's just like, oh, whatever, you know. It's mental illness that is debilitating. Is that the word? Or dehabilitating? Debilitating, sorry. I took English in university like 10 years ago, so it's, I don't know my words anymore. <laughs> but, like, you get it. You get it, right? But, but I'm talking about depression and anxiety that completely takes me over. Depending on what's going on in my life, I might be at a one or I might be off the scales because of the stresses and things that are going on in my life. And, and it comes from so many different places. I, I don't want to get into that right now. But when I am having an anxiety attack, when I am feeling the pressure of mental illness, it takes me out. Like, I'm talking, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do anything. When I'm sweating and I'm shaking and I'm crying and things are just not right, I want to quit everything. And when that happens, man, I recognize what Paul was saying when he talks about in the Gospels. He said, three times I asked God. I had this thorn in the flesh and three times I begged, Lord, please take this away from me. And and the Lord came back and said, no, it is actually through my grace that you are strong. And in your weakness, my strength is perfected. And and so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I believe that God will 100% heal me from anxiety, mental illness, all of that kind of stuff. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that he's going to do that. And he does do that. But the crazy thing is, is is that he does do that. And, And... through this journey, I could have looked at this obstacle and I could have said, listen, I got mental illness, I got this, I got that, I'm going to stop life. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to go to school, I'm not going to go to work, I'm not going to be a family man, I'm not going to do any of those. I am going to succumb to the obstacle that's in my life. Because that's what the enemy wants to do to you. Do you know that he wants to make an obstacle so perfect for you, or not perfect because it's bad, but do you know what I mean? So 
for custom, thank you, Tim, for you, that, that it destroys you because that's what, the, that's what the enemy wants to do with obstacles. The enemy wants to put an obstacle in your life so that it stops you from being the core of who you are. He literally wants to change you. And if anyone ever tells you, a lot of Christians sometimes, they say, um, oh, God put this obstacle in my life. If they tell you that, they're lying to you. God doesn't put any obstacle in your life. Do you think God put mental illness in my life? Do you put God, God put cancer in that person's life or anything like that? That's just a lie. God doesn't put any obstacle in your life. But what he does is through his grace and his love, he will turn those obstacles into some of the most beautiful journeys, some of the most amazing things that you can ever imagine. And when I look back at some of the things that I've had to go through, I realize that I am the man I am today. I have the influence I have today. I have the passion I have today because of God working through my obstacle. When I'm crying on the floor and I'm saying, Jesus, I can't do this, just take it. Take it away from me. And he doesn't. And I get angry, before I get angry. And now, with some hindsight, I look back and I say, thank you, Jesus, for not answering my prayers. Because, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean that through, if God would have just taken it from me, I wouldn't be able to speak the way I speak. I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't have the passion I have. I wouldn't have some of the authority I have when it comes to that stuff. But because him saying, Stuart, in your weakness, or sorry, yeah, in your weakness I am strong. I will walk you through this and you will see. And I fully believe that a day is coming when, when I will be able to speak mental illness into people's life and cast out demons and do all of that stuff. And I already can. I mean, to be completely honest, I can talk to someone who's going through stuff and say, guess what? I'm a Christian man, I'm a leader, I'm a family man, I have all that, and I know what that's like. And, and show them the grace of God through their obstacles. Does that make sense? Hope I'm not depressing you. Don't get me wrong, God heals. I'm not saying you gotta, all gotta go on this crazy journey, right? I just believe that, that God is, is, is working that through me. And I just think it's so important that we do not let the enemy put obstacles in our, or he's gonna put obstacles in our life, but we do not let those obstacles determine who we are, right? You, you, you know, so there's some people in this room, I guarantee it, because I was at this, a place in my life where I let obstacles determine who I was. And I think we can't, let, we need to determine our path. Like, we need to move our path regardless of what obstacle's in the way. Not be moving all around because of the obstacles. It's like, okay, here's an obstacle. Okay, well, I guess I'm just gonna go this way. And then all of a sudden, I'm gonna go this way. And all of a sudden, I'm gonna go this way. Because every time we see an obstacle, we just move. It's like, there's some things in our lives that we just need to bust through. Amen? And there's people in this room tonight, I wanna tell you something tonight. Tonight, the Holy Spirit is gonna come and is gonna bust through some of your obstacles. There's some of you in this room whose heart right now is racing or, or some because you're like, God, there's this thing and we can't break through it. And I'm gonna tell you, tonight, God will break through because that is what he does, all right? And one more thing. I'm gonna share with you a little bit about the main obstacles I've seen in my life. But before that, I want us to be clear on one thing. We have to understand the difference between an obstacle and a dead end, Okay? Because in life, those two things are very different. And there's certain things that we shouldn't push through. And there's certain things that it's like, no, 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 that's not an obstacle. That's not a rock. That's literally a cliff. And you just need to turn back. And I'm going to talk a little bit what that, what that is in a little bit here. But what I really believe is God will give us, if we lay our lives down to God and we just say, okay, God, I don't know if this thing in front of me, I don't know if I'm supposed to push through or if I'm supposed to turn around. 
if we lay our lives down and just say, Father, give me your grace, he will always give us grace and he will always show us. So, here are some of uh, the, can we get to this slide? No? We'll just, okay. No, that's all stuff I said a long time ago. Um, We will get to the four obstacles. All right. Here's the four main obstacles that I've encountered in my life. I know that they just cheated and you saw them. Okay. Number one is fear. Number two is emotions. Number three is seclusion. And number four is faith. I know faith is an amazing thing, but faith can actually be an obstacle. So let's talk about fear. In my life, fear has been one of the biggest obstacles that I could ever face. And fear, because what it does is it stops you dead in your tracks. And fear is actually, some fear is a good thing. Some fear helps us stay alive, right? There's some things we should be afraid of. Like for me, I'm kind of afraid of bears, like most of us. I'm just, I guess, yeah, like I don't want to see a bear. Do you guys see that thing on Facebook today? That guy that got attacked by those two grizzly bears, or the grizzly bear twice? That's messed. Um, You see it? It sucked. Got us like chopped up and stuff. Um, (laughs) But like I'm afraid of bears. So like my fear of bears stops me from like rubbing honey all over myself and like walking into the woods. Do you know what I mean? It's like my fear is stopping myself from like getting hurt. Do you know what I'm saying? But I'm not talking about that fear. I'm talking about a fear that has no root in anything. A fear that stops you from making any decision. And those are the fears that, that we face. And that's essentially what anxiety is. That's what all of that is. It's a fear that just stops you dead. And one of the main fears that I've faced is this one. A fear of making the wrong decision. Come on, there's so many of us in this room who have just, just stopped in our tracks because we're afraid that we're going to make the wrong decisions. And a lot of times in my life I've sat and I've wondered and i said, God, have I made the right decision? You've given me one life. I believe every single person in this room has gifts. Every one of you has a gift. Now, they all look different, but, but what, sometimes what I think is like, God, am I using my gifts properly? Am I making the wrong decisions when it comes to my gifts? I, I love to speak. I believe God has given me a gift to, to share. And I sit and I wonder, and, and I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, I, I work full-time, and um, sorry, I work in, in business full-time, because obviously preachers and pastors, they work too, Right? <laughs> They have actually, they they work, right? But I didn't go into ministry, I went into business. And I remember, and and I've stopped and I said, God, did I honor you? Did I, you know, should I have went into ministry full time? And and should I have, is that where I should have used my voice? You've given me a voice or, or should I go into business? And I would really sit there and wonder, and I bet for a lot of you, for those of you who have graduated or those of you who are in university, you're kind of sitting there and you're like, what should I do? I don't want to make the wrong choice. And actually, there is a theory behind this. It's called the anxiety of freedom or the anxiety of choice. And what happens in our generation is we have more and more and more choices. We have choices to be anything we want in the world. And so what happens is we start to get really afraid if we're making the right choice. But through Christ, I have come to learn that that anxiety is not from God. And that, you know what, can I be honest? God is much more concerned with who you are than what you do, right? Like God is so much concerned with who you are than if you're labeled a pastor or if you're labeled a businessman or if you're labeled this or you're labeled that. God is concerned about what your heart is. 
And that's what I've learned is like, Stu, as long as your heart is after me, all of the things that I've called in your life will come. Whatever, whatever you choose to do. Right? And this is what I've learned is that if I want to ensure that I am in the path of God and that, that I am not listening to the obstacle of, of, of fear and making the wrong decisions, I literally just let go and I say, Father, you have me. You know, I mean, we sing these songs, guys, and yeah, they feel great and they're emotional and all of that stuff, but it's true. We say, you can have it all, Lord. You can have all of me. We don't just say that because it makes us feel good. We say that because it's true. And that is how, ultimately, I've realized that if God has all of me, then I'm not really going to make the wrong decisions. And what I've also learned is that God doesn't open trap doors. It's not like if, if a path opens up in front of me, I'm just going to walk into it. And then if I'm not supposed to, then a door will close because it's like, I don't believe God is sitting there trying to trick us and be like opening a door and be like, oh, okay, is he going to take this door? Let's see what happens. No, God doesn't like that. You got a door open in front of you, walk through it. See what happens with the grace of God. Does that make sense? All right. And I think this is a really important scripture, Philippians 4. Do we have it here? It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, right, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Are you guys worried about where you're supposed to go? Do you have anxiety about making the wrong decision? then do this. Just give it to God. It's not complicated. We overcomplicate Christianity so much. And this is, this is it. Right? And, and he says in Romans, he says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So it's like, I got to stop stressing out about whether or not I'm making the right decision. I got to stop stressing out about whether or not I'm on, the, I'm on the right path. And I have to just focus on my relationship with Christ. That's how I ensure that, that I'm walking in the right way. Now, this is next fear is a fear that I know all too well, and this is the fear of rejection. The fear of rejection is an obstacle in, all, in so many of our lives because the fear of rejection is, is so hard because we know what rejection feels like. Can I tell you, I grew up feeling rejected. I grew up feeling rejected when my dad left me when, when we were one, when I was one. I grew up feeling rejected when I got kicked out of school, when I got kicked out of my house, um, when you know, I was doing all of those things. I felt rejection every single day, and that's what drove me to drugs, and that's what drove me to all of that stuff because I wanted to feel like I was something because the world and everything around me was telling me that I was nothing. And... And, and, and so we've just, for so many of us, we care so much about what people think about us that we focus on and we just don't want to get rejected. We're like, well, if I don't do anything, I won't get rejected. And the obstacle is that fear of rejection. And can I tell you something? In Romans eight thirty one, it says this. It's talking and it says, what shall we say about these things? And, you know, challenges. If God is for us, who can be against us? And in Peter, it's First Peter uh, chapter 5, it says this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Can I tell you something? If the creator of the universe cares for you, who gives a crap what anyone else thinks? Like truly, like we gotta, I get frustrated with myself and with everyone sometimes because... I feel like sometimes we don't actually, like, we just read these scriptures, but we don't actually, like, we don't actually take them on. You know what I'm saying? 
And it's like if we can actually realize that the, the creator of the universe loves us and cares for us, then what does anything else matter? What does rejection matter? And the truth is, I'm sorry, for those of you who, who don't want to re- be rejected, I'm sorry, with Christianity, with Christ comes rejection. Because Christ was pretty clear about this. He said, he said, listen, I promise you, you will be rejected. If they rejected me, what do you think they're going to do to you? I mean, that's just real. And so I want to challenge you. Are you afraid of being rejected? Is there something that you feel like you want to do, but you're afraid of being rejected? My challenge to you is, so get rejected. Who cares? Welcome to the club. We can be a bunch of rejects together. It's awesome. But for real, right? Like, it's just... Failure, the fear of failure. Now, the fear of, fail, the fear of failure, you know, we, we fear this for a number of reasons, but we feel that if we fail, others will look at us less. And it's like, oh, okay, these dude, you know, this guy failed. Stuart failed. And if, if Stuart fails, then he's not as important or he's not as special or whatever, and then all of a sudden Stuart doesn't matter. It goes back to the fear of rejection. We feel like if we fail, people will reject us. And I feel like this at work all the time. Because I get paid to do things right. And if I don't do them right, I, f- I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like I'm rejected. And, and failures can hurt pretty bad. And the thing is, is failures hurt. Depending on how big the risk, depending on how big the challenge, is the bigger that, that, that it will hurt. Right? If you think of like, what is the, if I'm juggling some tennis balls and I fail, is that going to hurt? Probably not. Right? Now, if I'm like jumping over the Grand Canyon on my motorcycle, and if I fail, is that going to hurt? A little bit more. And so sometimes there are things that, that hurt a little bit more, but we have to realize this. Failure is our friend. And I know that, that sounds funny, but we need to redefine what, what that means. Because th- without failure, we can't move forward. I think of my son. And when my son is walking, learning how to walk, do I look at him and think he fails every time he falls? Or do I just look at him and be like, okay, well, that's what happens when you learn how to walk because you fall on your butt a lot and then you have to get up. And I think that's something that we in life need to realize is that failure is not a bad idea. Every single success. Can I tell you there's times that to Gila that, that we failed at things? There's times this church, there's times the most successful people in the entire world have failed. But we need, we need to redefine what failure is because failure isn't messing up. Failure isn't making mistakes. Failure is giving up. Failure is just like, okay, I'm done. And this hurts too much, and I don't want to do that. And, and I think that I felt that. I have felt like a failure. Guys, in my life, I've looked at my life, and I've, in my times of weaknesses, I've had conversations with my wife, and I've said, you know, Kayla, I'm 30 years old, and there's so many people around that I look up to or in this world, whether it's in ministry or business or whatever, who are younger than me and doing so much better on the surface, you know? And I look at her and I say, I'm a failure because I don't, I don't, I don't live up to these people. And can I tell you, that is what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to, to compare yourself against other people so that you don't even get started, Right? He wants you to look at it and be like, oh, okay, look at that ministry. That ministry has 10,000 people a week coming. You have five. What are you doing? You shouldn't start that. Look at that business. Look at that musician. Okay, that musician sold 500,000 records. You can't even sell 10. Why start? 
And that's what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants to destroy us like that. And I have had, that's a huge obstacle that the enemy puts in front of us. But I've had to stop and just say, okay, God, let's back up a bit. Number one, my story isn't their story. And God bless them. If they're successful, God bless them. But I gotta stop, I gotta stop failing before I even start. I gotta stop looking at other people and being like, no, 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 I'm not good enough. I don't add up to them. Man, I don't know their life. I don't know what they've been through. And guess what? God hasn't created me to be them. And if people did that, if people didn't start because people were more successful than them, nothing in this world would ever get accomplished. There'd be no reason for any of us to do anything. So that's my encouragement today. And listen to what James says when he talks about failures. And I wanted to put this in the message translation. Hope you guys can read that, but I'll share it. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Don't try, you know, like if you're having failures, don't try to get out of it prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. And that right there is just a clear example of, 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 of why we need to keep pushing. And in, in 2 Corinthians, it says this. Oh, oh sorry, I'm not even going to go into that. But I've already shared that with you about uh, Paul talking about uh, this thorn in the side where he says, listen, I'm failing. I got some things that are going on, but, but in our failures, Christ is strong. Now, I'm going to be quick. You guys okay? Just a couple more minutes? We're good? Okay. Another huge obstacle, I know this is, is, is uh, part of fear because fear is one of these, but, but I want to talk about the other parts, is emotions. One of the biggest obstacles to our lives and to our success is apathy, okay? It's just not caring. It's just looking at the world and saying, who cares, what can I do? This world can't be impacted by what I do, or I just don't give a crap. And can I tell you something? Apathy and Christianity don't go together, If you are looking for an apathetic religion, you're not in the right place. Because what Christ has called us to do, and I'm not putting pressure on you guys. I'm not saying you have to go and do all these things. But what I'm saying is that because Christ died for us, he has given us power to do amazing things. And and apathy is a killer. And it kind of goes to the same thing. I look at my wife, and and I, I personally believe she's a wonderful writer. And she writes these incredible blog posts. And when you're trying to like get out there, whether you're an artist, you're a musician or whatever, when you're trying to put yourself out there, what can happen is you don't get the support that you're looking for. You know, you, you want people to react. You want people to be like, oh, that's awesome. Like when she writes these posts, I'm like, oh, babe, that's the best I've ever heard in my entire life. And I like fully believe it. I'm just like, why aren't they paying you millions to write this stuff? It's amazing. Um, but I guess not everyone else feels the same way at this point. And uh, although she's amazing, it's like she has to work at it and she's not getting it. And so many people stop there because they get apathetic. They're like, you know what? I'm not getting the accolades. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. So I'm done. I'm going to walk away. Can I tell you, there are so many people who, who just stopped so close to their goal or so close to overcoming their obstacle because they just got apathetic. And, and apathy kills. And this generation, apathy is a huge killer. Because God has not called you to live an apathetic life. He's called you to change this world. And I don't say that in a cliche way. I say a lot of cliches, but I really, really mean them. Is that God has called you to change this world. And if you're 
I mean, if your um, reason for doing things is getting praise of other people and all that kind of stuff, I mean, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, and you're going to find yourself empty. And Romans says this amazingly in the Message Bible. It says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. And that's my encouragement to you is that Christ, ask the Lord to come in. If you're feeling apathy, because guys, I felt apathy. If you're feeling it, ask God to come in and light that flame. Right? And Mark 14 says this. He says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Guys, we got some weak flesh. And that's just real. That's just who we are. And so we literally need to go into God more and more and more so that we can be, um, so that, that, that we can increase our willingness and that we can see things happen. All right, I'm almost done here. Another, uh, another emotion that kills us is selfishness. You know, you look at what sin is. Sin is selfishness. That's really the core of, of what sin is. And, and so what we want when it comes to selfishness, we could, man, we could preach about this for, forever, but when it comes to selfishness, this is what we usually want, and I, I'm included in this way, is that we want things easy and we want them now. And we want things that like, aren't hard and that won't take a lot of effort. Um, and the world teaches us to put number one first, right? It says that this world tells us that the most important thing is you. The most important thing that you can ever do is take care of yourself. The most important thing is to make sure that, that you are number one. But Christ came to throw the world on its head. And Christ actually says, no, that's actually the opposite of how my kingdom works. He says the first will become last and the last will become first. Do you know what the most important thing is? It's not for you to, to, to focus on yourself. The most important thing is to love God and love others. Both of those things aren't you. God isn't you and others aren't you, right? We are to take the example of, of Christ on the cross and we're, we're to live that out. And remember that the greatest love that can ever be shown in the history of the world is a willingness to die for one another. And, and, and here in Calgary, can I tell you something? We don't live in Syria. We don't live in some of these places that, that have death every day, but we can still die for one another, and that's my question to you is how are you dying for people? How are you putting yourself behind and loving other people? Because selfishness is an obstacle that we have to overcome. In Philippians 2, it says this. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only, sorry, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Now this is something that, this next, uh, um, this next scripture in John just gets me every time. 1 John 3.17. But if anyone has the world's goods, okay, which all of you have, you have some of the world's goods, and you see your brother or sister or whatever in need, yet closes your heart against them, how does God's love abide in you? And so that's my encouragement for some of us the, uh, the obstacle that we have to overcome is, is selfishness. But can I tell you that Christ overcame selfishness? Christ literally put himself on the line for us. And so because of that, we have life.
Now, two more really quick things. You guys good? Okay. I know this is a lot to take in. I understand that. But I think it's, it's so important. Because, guys, obstacles can, can change the course of our lives. And we need to be equipped with how to deal with them. This one is really quick, but it's seclusion. One of the biggest obstacles that we put on ourselves is to seclude each other and to seclude ourselves from other people. We need to do things in partnership. A lot of times we do things on our own because we're afraid of, of other people rejecting us. I've already talked about that. Or we feel like people don't care about us. But you know what? We need accountability. We need partners. Can I, there is nobody in this room who is going to accomplish their goals on their own. It's just true. You will not, because God has not created the church to be like that. He has created the church to work together. We need one another. And my question is, are you secluding yourself? Because we do it. I do it. When I get stressed out, I seclude myself. I, this is how I know. I have family members that, that have mental illness, and this is how I know if they're having a bad episode, is if I don't hear from them for a month. Because if I don't hear from them, I know something's going on because they're secluding themselves. And you cannot overcome anything in your own strength. And I love this, uh, this verse from Ecclesiastes. It says this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil or for their work. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. And essentially it says, if you're by yourself, you're screwed. You know, I'm paraphrasing the Bible here. Good if you're with someone else. If you're by yourself, you're screwed. Right? And, 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 and obviously that's taking it to the extreme. But it literally, if I fall into a pit and I have a friend with me, they can pull me out of the pit. And that is what we are called to do. So I challenge you, if you find yourself being secluded, if you find yourself doing things on your own, you are not going to overcome the obstacles in your life. You have to do it with others. And finally... Faith, we can skip those ones. We'll go into faith. Can I be real with you guys? One of my biggest challenges that I've faced in my life as a Christian is faith. I am a guy who thought church was the worst thing. I, I wanted nothing to do with, with coming into a church. I wanted nothing to do with God for a long time. Because I would look at this world and I would see all the pain in this world. And I would see all the challenges. And I would look at the history of Christianity. And I would see all the pain that, that people have caused in the name of Christ. And, and my faith would be demolished. And I still struggle with faith. I, love, I know Christ. I know he loves me. I have a relationship with Christ. But that doesn't mean I don't struggle with faith sometimes. When you look at the world and you see what's going on. When I see what's happening in this world... My faith can, can get pressured. My faith can feel like it's, it's, it's being crunched. But one thing I've learned, and, and I don't want to go, get too much into it, I, I did a sermon a while ago about uh, you know, suffering in the world and, and why God is still good regardless of, of the suffering that's happening. But, but I've come to realize that this is one thing God has told me, is that I have to make a choice. At the end of the day, when it comes to Christ, I have to make a choice as to what I believe and what I don't. And, and I've realized, as I look at the suffering of the world and as my faith gets, um, gets challenged, what I hear the Holy Spirit tell me is that, okay, but you can make a difference. 
Yes, this world is suffering. Yes, it's hard, but you can make a difference. And I think that's the thing that, that keeps me going in this world. That's the thing that, that I realize that, that increases my faith because it says, okay, I can't stop the wars in Syria. I can't stop all these crazy things from happening, but I can make a difference in Tehillah. I can make a difference in Calgary. I can make a difference at my work. And that's how my faith starts to build. And, and God talks to me and says, Stuart, I know this world is broken. I didn't want this world to be broken. But you can't look at a broken car and say, well, I guess I should never drive again because this other car is broken. You know, what you have to do is you have to say, okay, this world is broken, but what am I doing in my sphere of influence to make a difference about it? Because we can sit here and complain about the world all we want. Or we can sit here and say, okay, this world sucks, but I have Christ, and what am I going to do about it? And that's something that God has hit me. It's like, i got to stop worrying about my fears I gotta stop worrying about my emotions. I even have to stop worrying about who's gonna come with me. I just gotta do it. I just gotta take my faith and do it and say, I am going to change this world. And I don't mean that in a cliche. And I don't mean that as like, I'm going to change this world. I'm telling you right now, I am going to change this world. And people in this room are going to change this world because we have Christ in us and we have to have that faith because if I don't have faith, I have nothing. And that's something that is inspiring me, and Christ continues to inspire me. And this is what he's told me. He says, okay, Stu, have faith, but this is what I want you to know. You can't do it on your power. If you try to do this in your own strength, you're done. So with faith, let go and grab God. It's like I start to realize, like my son, when he needs me, he reaches up. And he literally, he actually, the first word he learned is up. He says it for everything. If he's hungry, he just says up. He's just all he does. It's like, yes, I get it. You know what up means, kind of. But it's like, literally, that's what I do with God now. I'm just like, God, up. Because I can't do this on my own strength. Right? I need to become like a child and take my father's hand and just be like, okay, God, I believe you've given me the gift. I believe you've, you have inspired and, and the Holy Spirit is in me. But that still means I have to say, you, take me. Does that make sense, you guys? So these are my last words. Let's listen to Proverbs real quick when it comes to faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Because it's, I mean, we hear that all the time as Christians. It's, it's kind of one of those staple verses. But it's so true. Come on, if I've, if I've tried to understand things in, in my own strength, man, I'd be such a mess. I literally have to trust in God with my own heart because I believe in a God that does miracles. And Hebrews 11 says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And essentially what that means is that I am literally believing in the things that aren't seen. Okay, when it comes to my anxiety, when it comes to things that I'm not seeing in my life, I, I just say, okay, God, I'm not, I might not be seeing this, but I'm walking in it today. And was it Linda? Is Linda here still? Man, Linda, where are you at? That was so powerful today. I want you to know, I want you to know that, that God has set a path for you. That you are gonna be someone who speaks into people's lives. That you are gonna be someone who cuts through people's emotions, cuts through all the garbage and just speaks truth into people. I believe God has, has given you a gift to speak and to share honestly and to be true. And can I believe when, when you were up here talking today, it brought tears to my eyes because it was so real. 
It was so real. We've all heard the, the, the testimonies of, oh, I went to this conference and, whoa, it was crazy. And it was so emotional and it was amazing. And that happens and it's real. I'm not saying that's not real. It's super real. But what we don't hear enough is, you know what? It didn't really feel like anything. And, and yet, and yet, God is still good. And yet God is still going to change my life and he's changing my life every day. Because like, can I tell you something? I'm not that kind of guy who's like, you know, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe he, he touches, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, I, I, man, I feel you. Because that happens. And, and the reality is, is that God is so much bigger than our emotions. And God is so much bigger. And I'm, don't get me wrong. I believe in all the, the crazy emotional stuff. But, but that is real. And, um, and that's faith. That is faith. And that's the kind of faith that will change the world. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he says this. He, sa- he tells us that our faith must not rest in the wisdom of men. So he says, listen, what the world tells you and the wisdom of the world, don't worry about it. He says, what you need to do is you need to, to put your faith in God and walk by faith and not by sight. And that's what we're doing. I believe that this church, I believe it 100%, that this place will be absolutely filled that, that we literally will not, we'll be stressed, not stressed out, but we'll try, be trying to figure out, like, how do we fit more people in here? Right now, there's lots of empty seats, but, but I know that because that is the faith that I have. And I don't believe that because I believe that God wants to fill these seats so that Stuart or Tim or anyone can, people, like, more people can like us or, you know, we're a cooler ministry or none of that stuff. I believe that God wants to put more people in these seats so that more people's lives can be changed. And so that the city of Calgary can be changed. Okay? So let me close this. Oh, I'm so thankful for you guys. Can you get up here, Mike? Thank you for listening to me tonight. It means the world to me. It really does. I want you to know, just from my heart, I know I don't know you, but we love you here. We care about you. This is a place that is safe and that we love you. And if you're someone who's going through some obstacles today, we want to pray for you. We want to see deliverance. But here's the thing. We overcomplicate life and we overcomplicate Christianity. There's a lot of people in this room and they're sitting here thinking, what am I supposed to do? Man, I hear from Christians all the time. It's like, I mean, not just Christians, but, but everyone says this, but Christians seem like they're particularly bad at this. But they're like, oh, I'm just waiting. Like, what is God telling me to do? Like, should I go to YWAM or should I go here? You know, and it's like, it's like that is Christians and they're just like waiting, you know. And it's like, well, maybe I'm just waiting for God to speak to me. And it's like, can I tell you something? God is speaking to you. Do you know what God wants for your life? This is what God's, you know where God is leading every single one of you? I promise you this is true for every single one of you. God is leading you to love. God is leading you to Compassion. God is leading you to live your life for others. I don't care how you do it. If it's through YWAM, if it's through Bethel, if it's through a church, if it's, if it's through a job, I don't care. This is what I, I care, and this is what I believe God cares about, is that he is leading you to love, okay? This world, man, this world is not filled with like, Christians who are at church and it's like or in ministry and it's like okay those are the good Christians that are changing the world and then all these Christians who are not in ministry or not doing these things are like oh well those are kind of the lazy Christians that aren't making any difference that's not how the kingdom of God works 
If you are a Christian, if you believe in the, in the saving grace of Jesus, you change the world, period, wherever you are. Okay, if you're a janitor, and, and not, I don't say janitor because it's a bad job, it's a great job, okay? If you guys want to be janitors, mop the crap out of that floor, okay? Man, do it for real. But what I'm telling you right now is that, man, it doesn't matter where you go. It matters who you are. And that's my challenge is all these obstacles. We're like, God, where do you want us to go? Man, God wants you to go to him. And, and everything will come out of that. So can you stop worrying? Stuart Young, I'm preaching to myself right now. Can you stop worrying about where you're supposed to be? And start, you know, focusing on who you're supposed to be. And that's how we change the world. And I've given you all these little anecdotes. I've given you all these little, you know, this is the, the, the different challenges. These are the different obstacles. But this is the answer. And I always say this. The answer is always Jesus. If you've learned nothing from tonight, know this. Whatever you're going through, he's with you. And I'm not saying that as some Christian cliche to get you out of the door so that you feel better about yourself. I'm saying that as it's true as the air we breathe and the ground that we walk on is that no matter what you are going through, Christ is with you. And not only if you're praying properly and not only if you're tithing properly and not only if you're telling all your friends about Jesus. Those are all good things. But those don't make God love you more. Those don't make God with you more. Okay, I don't care if you raise your hand super high and if you, you know, you break dance like the homies in the front or you sit in the back with your arms crossed and don't say a word. God loves you just the same. God is with you just the same. Does that make sense? And so that's my prayer for you is that through him we can do all things. God is good. Let me pray for you guys. Actually, Ah, oh, sorry, brain fart. Um, I'd like to have ministry time, Tim. I don't know how people are feeling. I never really know because I'm super excited all the time, but I don't know if anyone else is like, it's like. So <laughs> we're gonna have ministry time. This is what I want to pray. Jesus wants to deliver you from whatever obstacle you're going through right now. Now I don't know what that deliverance looks like, but I know that He is good. And I know that he wants to deliver you in the truest form of deliverance. He wants to take the things out of your life that are hurting you because he didn't put those things in your life. And he wants you to live free because he wants you to change this world. And so tonight, if there are people in this room who want, here's two things, okay? If there are those of you in this room tonight and you're like, I don't even know Christ, I've never met him and I've never spoken to him. I want you to know that you are here for a reason. And this is not the kind of place where we are pressuring you into believe what we believe. My goal is not to pressure people into accepting Jesus. My goal is to show people how amazing Jesus is so that's what they want. And so tonight, if, if you're there and you're like, you know what, I want to know Christ. Regardless, even if you knew him before or even if you had a relationship we're going to invite people to, to make that decision. And this is what we're going to do. We're not going to pressure it. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. And I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. With no one looking around because these are intimate moments. And I'm going to ask you, if you want to know Christ tonight, we want to pray for you. And if those of you tonight 
who are feeling like the weight of the world is on your shoulder and you had a path set out and there's a boulder in your path and behind the boulder some lava and then a bunch of wolves or something, I don't know. But, but the obstacle is scary. And, and you want freedom from that obstacle. I, want you to, I, I just want to pray for you tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit is, is moving now and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to move in powerful ways. If you're sick tonight and you want healing, can I, can I tell you, I serve a God that heals I serve a God of miracles, and tonight we want to pray for you. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I'm going to ask you really quick, if, if you want to know Christ and you don't know Christ, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand just so I can, I can pray for you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And for those of you who raised your hand, if you want to come and talk to me afterwards, I would love to talk to you, and so would our leaders. But no pressure. But we would love to talk to you. So I'm going to pray for you really quick. Father, I pray right now. Oh, actually, no, let's, let's, do, let's do the prayer. I don't even know how to do that prayer. But let's just pray. Father, I pray. I mean, it's pretty simple. Father, I pray right now for those that lifted your hands, God, that, that, that you would just meet them where they're at, Father. Father, that you would meet them and you would show them that you were for them and you would show them that, that you died for them and you would show them, Father, that you love them unconditionally. So for those of you, I'm just gonna ask you to pray this. Repeat after me, under your breath, in your head, I don't care. Pray this prayer. Just say, Father, today I ask you, I invite you into my heart. I ask that you make your home in my heart. God, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins and that you help me in this relationship with you. God, today I commit my life to you and proclaim that you are God and today I accept your love. Amen. Now, for those of you who feel like, man, I have been through, I'm in the pressure cooker and I got obstacles. This is, I'm gonna make it a little bit more heavy for you guys. I'm gonna ask you to just come up, okay? Because I can tell you, uh, there's not a single person in this room who's probably not going through an obstacle right now. And I'm not saying you all have to come up. You do your thing, right? But every single one of us tonight is going through an obstacle. So I just wanna tell you tonight, if you have an obstacle, can I get the leaders up here? If you have an obstacle tonight and you're just like, I need, oh man, I need some grace. I need to hear personally how God is gonna work this through, work through this with me. I want you to come up. So as we let the band, as we let the band play, and as I pray, we're gonna open it up for people to come up. And, and I'm expecting God to do miracles tonight because that's what he does. Stand? Get it? Yeah, can we just get everyone to stand real quick? Is that okay? just as I finish up. Thank you for your patience, you guys. So Father, I just pray right now that your words would hit every heart, God. That tonight lives would be changed. That tonight, Father, that, that your spirit would just come in and rock people. That people here would get an understanding of who you are, of your strength and your power, and that, that we would continue to realize and understand that Christianity is not just something we call ourselves. Or Christians isn't something we call ourselves, but it is, it is a way of life. It is everything, and it's how we live. And today I ask God for those 
that are feeling some pressure, those that are fighting obstacles, however big or however small, that you would just give deliverance. And so um, feel free to come up. I love you guys. I thank you for your time tonight. And if you need prayer, come chat with us. Have a great night, you guys.